You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Oh, what a night. An NBA thriller does the impossible. It lives up to the hype. Plus another no-hitter. Two OTs in the NHL. And Tim Tebow makes it official. We only have two hours to cover all of this. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Back out to James. Has to trigger a three on its way. And he hits with 58 seconds to go. Second thing I saw was three rims. Uh, you know, from being uh, poked an eye on that previous possession when I drove to the hole and then he transitioned. So I just aimed for the middle one. Oh, what a night. And has any, any time we ever seen a league needed it more than they needed it last night? I think it is reasonable to say no NBA season ever needed a jolt quite like this one did, and boy, did it ever get one. LeBron James and Steph Curry did the impossible last night. They took an overhyped game and actually exceeded the expectations and the hopes. In fact, I'll make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. From the files of I'd rather be lucky than good, the league sort of limps into the playoffs but has in its back pocket this play-in, which was meant to make the regular season more meaningful, but in this case actually provided a showcase for the two biggest stars in the sport to remind us all that we like this game as much as we do, and then bang, they deliver in a huge way. Lakers-Warriors last night, good to the last drop. And we will get into it with Timmy Leglu, who's going to join me live. Barkley and Stephen A. were just on TV with us for a half hour this morning. It was glorious. I'm going to play you a bunch of that. So we got you covered every which way on the game last night. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Uh, Mr. Hembo is sitting next to me. I thought I was brilliant, by the way, in that half hour with Stephen A. and Charles. Literally, I said, good morning. And then I said, fellas, the show is over. And in between, they just took care of business. And that's exactly the way I wanted it. Like a presidential debate moderator you were. That, that's pretty much how I felt. A fly should have landed on Charles's head. That would have been, it would have been a perfect representation of what it was, but it was awesome. And Charles Barkley making a ton of great points, including the fact that that was a game, if you want to see the Lakers win the championship, that was a game he absolutely, and by he I mean LeBron, had to win. Well, I thought it was a must win for the Lakers uh, so they could avoid the Utah Jazz. It was a terrific game. I think you can see both of them. And, and that's no slight to the Phoenix Sun. It's just an easier matchup against Phoenix. So you see that both teams really wanted to win to avoid the Utah Jazz. That was my takeaway, but it was a terrific game. Yeah, and, and I think that there is a piece of that there. I mean, I think we view the Lakers, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. Charles definitely sounds like he doesn't feel this way. But the Lakers are a team that if they play their way into shape, are the best team in the West. They have the two best players. They have the size. They play the defense in a league where almost no one else does. They're the best team in the West, inclusive of everyone. And I'm putting Utah in that conversation and the Clippers. Those, I think, are the three teams most people give the best chance of coming out of the West. The way this worked out, though, is the Lakers have to play their way back to that. 
Remember, LeBron played, what, he missed 28 of their last 30 games? It's something like that. And Anthony Davis missed a ton of time. They just haven't been together. This is not Brooklyn, where those guys didn't even bother trying. They're not going to pretend they need to play together. The Lakers, they look rusty. I don't know what that will portend for Brooklyn when they start their playoffs. And we'll talk about them a little bit later in this show. Because the Lakers looked rusty in that first half last night. They looked terrible in that first half last night. And Steph was so good. Steph was phenomenal last night. But then in the end, when they needed buckets, they got him. When they needed stops, they got him. They played good defense. LeBron throws in this crazy three. He tells Rachel Nichols afterwards, he gets poked in the eye by Draymond Green. And he tells Rachel afterwards, I think I have it. He saw three rims and just shot at the middle one. You know, after, you know, Draymond uh, finger to the eye, I was literally seeing three, uh, three rims out there. Um, so I just shot at the middle one. And, uh, and I was able to... Uh, to the grace of the man above, I was able to knock it down. It's a great shot. It's a great moment. And it's LeBron and Steph, and they give you everything you need. And as I said a minute ago, it sort of reminds us we love this stuff. Like LeBron versus Steph. Like the NBA, for me anyway, look, I don't want to speak for others. But for me, the NBA season, that was a, that was a tough one. That was a tough year to live through. Just as a fan, I'm talking about, because it was just such a slog, it felt like. And I understand why. I understand they had to get all these games in and they had to do it in a compressed period of time. And this is not the day for me to sit here and yell about load management. This is a day for me to say I was reminded last night that I love this. And LeBron versus Steph, they've had classics. I mean, bear in mind, these are two guys who've met in the finals four times. And last night is the opposite of the finals. It doesn't even technically count as a playoff game. But it had a lot, it just felt like there was a lot of juice. To say it had a playoff atmosphere is greatly understating it if you didn't stay up late and watch last night. This had a little bit of a finals feel to it. And, and Charles Barkley, you just heard him make the point that maybe to some degree it was. Because the Lakers, if they were to get Utah, and the, winner, now, the way this works, the Lakers get Phoenix now. And they are a pretty significant favorite at Caesars. It's the first time in at least 30 years the seven seed has been favored over the two seed. I don't know if they would have been favored against Utah. Maybe because they're the Lakers they would have been, but it would have been pretty tight. And Charles was making the point that without, a, and now they're going to not have to get Utah if, if they do wind up seeing them until all the way at the end. So they will have two series to get themselves ready for either Utah or the Clippers. So this is the path the Lakers have in front of them now. They will play Phoenix. Phoenix is a really good team, but they're inexperienced. They've got Chris Paul, who has been, who is a, a first ballot walk-in-the-door Hall of Famer, but has never really won anything in the playoffs. So I think the Lakers should be expected to handle that. The next round, they should get Portland or Denver. Well, they will get Portland or Denver. Um, and I think that they will be expected to win either of those series. And then you will either get the Clippers or Utah. I guess there could be other teams that could fall in there as well, but that would be the expectation. So I think it, it shapes up pretty nicely for LeBron to try and make a run here, and we'll see if he's able to do it. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. If I may, I'm always the first one to tell you when I have a prediction wrong, right? I have the hashtag KOD. I mean, I've made it famous. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. <laughs> My, my, my picks are, I mean, are just almost always horrendous. If I take your team, people literally beg me not to pick their team. I say that because I want to be able to then say, when I get something right, I have no problem sort of blowing my own horn about it. 
And so I want you to hear what I said yesterday. We were doing some prop bets, some prop picks. The prop on LeBron yesterday was over under 26 and a half points. And this is what I told you I expected LeBron James to do. I believe that LeBron will finish under 26 and a half. I do not think he goes for a huge offensive night tonight. I think he has a triple-double with something like 22 points. (laughs) That's what I said yesterday. LeBron James last night had a triple-double with 22 points. This is eerie. I mean, this is, this is, what can I tell you? I'm Green Stradamus all of a sudden over here. Is this better or worse than you giving Justin Rose 55 to 1 to lead after round one of the Masters? This is better because I picked this one myself. You gave me Justin Rose with all of your stats and your analytics and all the rest of that. This one, I just, right off the top of my head, I just threw out a number. And I gave it to you exactly. I mean, this is, I mean, my my power scares even myself. (laughs) So we will get into all of this when uh, Tim Legler joins us here in just a few minutes. Meanwhile, I did want to mention one other thing. We're going to spend a lot of time on the no-hitters. The Scoop. But here's my favorite thing about the no-hitter yesterday. In case you don't know this, Corey Kluber of the Yankees threw a no-hitter last night. It's the 12th no-hitter in Yankee history. It's the sixth no-hitter of the baseball season. And we're going to get deeply into the issue if you consider it one, of all these no-hitters in the sport. But in case you're not aware of this, Corey Kluber was pitching in Texas as a Yankee, but it was Corey Kluber bobblehead night. This is because he pitched one inning for the Rangers last year. He was a Ranger last year. They scheduled a bobblehead night. He got hurt, so he literally pitched one inning as a Ranger. They had scheduled a bobblehead night. The reason they didn't have one was the pandemic, not because he got hurt. There was a pandemic. There were no fans. Kind of tough to give away bobbleheads. So they had all these bobbleheads just kind of sitting around. So with him pitching last night, they made it Corey Kluber bobblehead night last night, and he pitched a no-hitter on his own bobblehead night on the road. What the hell are the odds of that? Can that be looked up? Has anyone ever pitched a no-hitter on their own bobblehead night on the road. <laughs> I, it can't Where were you have to happened. predict that one. Come on. What's that? I, I, you're right. I should have predicted that. I should have said Cordy Kluber will throw. Actually, when I first came in this morning, I was watching the basketball last night. When I first put all this together, I think this might be one of the most amazing things that's ever happened in sports history. <laughs> all right. When you put together that confluence of circumstances, I mean, Hembo, that can't have happened. I don't before. think Dick Burns had a bobblehead night in 1884 in Cincinnati. I'll tell you that much. That's correct. There mm. were no, well, there was no bobbleheads for Dick Burns or or <laughs> or, or, or uh, Cannonball. What was his name? Titcomb or Pud Galvin or any of those or guys. any of those guys. But but even like you know David Wells. I mean, all, you just think about through all the no hitters that we have seen, including five others this year. He threw a no hitter on his own bobblehead night on the road. What are the odds of that? What a morning we have coming up here. Again, Tebow has signed. we got to get into that. Timmy Legler is coming up next with insight into all the hoops. And I will explain why when it comes to this baseball story of the day, everyone, once again, has it absolutely wrong. And I will have it right as we roll on. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Coming up tomorrow on KJZ, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver on the play-in tournament and the state of the NBA as we head into the playoffs. Adam Silver with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Tomorrow morning at 9.15 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. We are rolling along. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Tim Legler will join us in 30 seconds on the Goodyear Hotline. But first, we'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you about ZipRecruiter. If you were a business owner who was hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash that's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Let's dive into the action of last night and all around the NBA playoffs with the one, the only, Tim Legler, who joins us on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Legler. Good morning, Greeny. How are you, buddy? Well, I know what a good analyst you are, and I know how much insight you have, and I know how well you know the game, or at least you think you do, but I want you to hear the person who really knows all. Yesterday, on this program, we were doing the over-unders on some of the prop bets. And LeBron James, his over-under was 26.5 points. And I made this prediction on LeBron's night last night. I believe that LeBron will finish under 26.5. I do not think he goes for a huge offensive night tonight. I think he has a triple-double with something like 22 points. Tim Legler, LeBron had a triple-double with 22 points last night. How about that for a prediction? Greeny, that is impressive. I got to tell you, that is impressive. And I think, look, I don't think you just threw a dart at a dartboard. I think you actually put some some thought into that as to why that would play out that way. I happen to agree with that going into the game because I thought he was going to have more of an influence as a playmaker, play more of a power game, out of the post, set guys up more so than be a high-volume shot taker. And that's kind of how it, how it turned out. 
Right, which is easy to say now that it's happened. I said it before it happened, Tim. And so that <laughs> good for you, man. Hey, no, it, it feels good when you get one right. Right, you yeah. get hammered when you get them wrong. So it feels good 100%. to get one right. You couldn't be more. Look, no one gets them wrong more than I do. Obviously, we're kidding around here. So I want to start with the very, very, very biggest picture. You know, it was a rough second half of the NBA season with the schedule being compressed as it was and all the players that didn't play and all that kind of stuff. We needed a great night last night, and we got it. With all the hype in the world, it somehow managed to over-deliver. How would you put into words, as one who loves it as much as anyone I know, what that felt like last night and, and what you think it meant as we get the playoffs underway? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Look, I, I've been pretty harsh on, on the NBA regular season and what, what it was this year because with all the n- number of guys missing games, the marquee matchups that never materialized because you know half the stars weren't playing, I just felt like the regular season was really brutal. And I was holding out hope all along. I was a huge proponent of the play-in format. I love that they added this. Um, I just thought it was going to create so much more drama to the end of the season, and it has. And so the first three play-in games weren't great. The first night, actually two complete duds. Uh, The the Memphis-San Antonio game ended up being a pretty good game, but that was a 20-point game early. So it came down to this last one, and obviously it was the, it was the biggest one, the, the most you know, marquee star power matchup we could get, and it lived up to it. That was a sensational game, and it felt like this is the precipice now of what the postseason is going to look like. I do believe this is going to be one of the greatest postseasons we've ever seen. I think there's going to be upsets. There's going to be great finishes. There's going to be drama. There's going to be tight series. Uh, there's going to be some unexpected turns of events, and it, most of these guys are back, the stars. So the postseason is going to be sensational, and last night we got a taste of that. Well, okay, so, so you know what? Let's just go there then. You're telling me you think there are going to be upsets. Let's start in the East. Where do you see the potential for an upset as we get round one officially underway on Saturday? I think Miami-Milwaukee is the one that jumps out to me. And, and you know, Milwaukee is a team – that obviously has come up short the last couple of years with Giannis as an MVP, and then they, they get beat by Toronto a couple of years ago when Toronto bottled up Giannis basically playing his own defense. Last year it was injuries, but also the heat were hot. It was unusual circumstances in the bubble, and they took advantage of it. They stayed together better than any other team. So Milwaukee's failed in the last couple of years with the best record in the league, and now here they are, a little bit under the radar because they're not the number one seed. That's probably better for them, a little bit less pressure. But I don't think – they've changed their identity in, in late games. And that is Giannis trying to isolate and take you off the dribble and play against a set defense. And that's just not his strength. He can't answer the call from deep. He can't, he's not a mid-range jump shooter. He has one way to beat you in that situation. It's get to the rim, and teams won't let you do it. And, and when I watch them play, I don't think they've changed that very much, despite the fact that they added Drew Holiday. It's still going to be the same formula. If they're in a one-possession game inside of two minutes – it's going to be the same formula, and I think it's going to fail again because I think Eric Spolster and the Heat know how to play him, and they're playing their best basketball at the right time of the year, the Heat. They've got everybody back. They went to the finals a year ago. They will not be phased by any situation they find themselves in in the playoffs, and they feel like the Milwaukee Bucks are tailor-made to be beaten for the way that they switch up defenses, the way they play zone, and the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks have not really changed the way they address late-game situations. I think Miami wins the close games in that series and, and ultimately beats them. That's a good pick. By the way, uh, for those of you interested in such things, 
you can get plus 240 right now on Miami. So you could win 240 bucks by betting 100 bucks if you like the Heat in that series. That's actually the first playoff game. So let me give you the rundown on the order because these things got announced late. They just announced late last night. I was waiting to see. I'm going to go to the Nick game on Sunday night. I was waiting to see when they would play. So I, I just got these schedules here. So let me give you that for those who haven't seen it. Heat Bucks is the first game Saturday. That's 2 o'clock Eastern time. Then Mavericks Clippers at 4.30 Eastern. Primetime Celtics Nets. And then the Trailblazers and Denver is the late night game. on uh, That's on Saturday. Then Sunday, the winner of tonight's game, Washington-Indiana, opens up at Philly. That's the early game on TNT. Then Lakers-Suns is the 3.30 in the afternoon game on ABC. Hawks-Knicks is primetime at the Garden. And then the winner of tomorrow night's game, either Steph or uh, John Morant and the Grizzlies, will wind up at Utah. That, that's the schedule in which it goes. L- let me ask you about the Nets and the Celtics then, or, or the Nets in general. Um, I had Barkley on the TV show today and he said he thinks there's more pressure on those guys to get to win the championship this year, basically, than there is on anybody else. How do you assess the pressure on the big three in Brooklyn and how good do you think they'll be? Oh, there's no question about it. They've got the most pressure on them. And I think when you look around the league, there are certain players that have an enormous amount of pressure on themselves individually. James Harden is right there at the top. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, and Paul George. Those three guys have more pressure on them in this postseason than any other players. Uh, the Nets, look, if you put this team together, I don't care what you went through with injuries and how much time is, it doesn't matter. Any year you have that kind of talent, you have a wasted year if you don't win a championship. It's the same thing with the Lakers. If you have LeBron James on your roster as he's winding down his career, if you don't win a championship, it's a lost year. So they're the only two teams I would honestly put in that category. And of the, and between the two of those, the Nets clearly have more pressure because of what they went out and what they created. And, and James Harden is the guy, Greeny, that – it is running the show with that team. It, you know, I was wondering when, it, when they put that together, how are they going to figure out who's, whose team it was? And it's James Harden's team. He dictates possessions. It's his ball. He picks and chooses what he wants to do, when he wants to attack, when he wants to be a facilitator. It's kind of like Houston, uh, how he played there. But now obviously he's got Durant and Kyrie, so they're going to get their turns. But it's James Harden's choice. And Kyrie's accepted that, and they worked that out pretty easily. They've played pretty well together. Durant can get 30. He could play. Kevin Durant could play with the four highest scoring players in the history of the league, and he'd still get 30 efficiently because he's that good. So I'm not worried about him, but Harden and Kyrie worked that out. It's James Harden's show, and so with some of his failures he's had in the past, in the postseason, that is still a – a pretty tricky predicament for them to be in because he is going to be the one that's going to dictate late-game possessions. And I think it's a mistake because if Kevin Durant is not your primary option in any close situation late in the game, you're making an enormous mistake. And so I'm really curious to see, once they get tested, how do they work that out at the end of the game? Greeny and Legs with you here. And let me just, on that thought, I don't know if this is going to matter at all in an NBA season in which we had the seven best offensive seasons in history. Like, literally, if you look right now at the seven best individual offensive seasons for a team in NBA history, all seven of them happened this season. It is a season, Tim, of unprecedented offense. But on a night where things aren't going their way, the Lakers have the number one defense in the NBA to fall back on. The Nets can't play defense at all. Is that going to matter or not? No, I think it will matter. Ultimately, if you're asking me, do I expect to see the Nets and Lakers in the NBA Finals? I do. I do. At that time, 
the Lakers' defense absolutely will matter because, look, the, the Nets are still going to play a lot of isolation basketball. The Lakers have the length, the size, and the guys with enough want to defensively. I think Philadelphia and the Lakers probably are the two teams at the top of the list that have the personnel, the deepest personnel defensively, to at least be able to challenge the Nets scorers and make them take more difficult shots more often throughout the course of 48 minutes. Those are the two teams that represent the biggest challenge to the Nets because of that. So, yes, it will matter, but ultimately – this is the, the greatest collection of raw offensive talent ever assembled on an NBA team. That's what the Nets have. There's never been a team with three guys on this level offensively that could beat you in every single conceivable way as a scorer. From deep, from mid-range, get to the rim, facilitate offense, you name it, all three of those guys can do it. So ultimately, that should get them through the Philadelphia series. And then we'll see. Let's take a look. And you know, Before we go predicting all the way down the line, I at least want to see how both of these teams look, the Lakers and Nets, getting through and navigating their respective conferences before I you know, have to make a prediction like that. But I do expect both of those teams to meet in the finals. Okay, very good. And then one last thing for you, Legs. My, my, my Nick fan friends are losing their minds. Uh, they've waited a long time. God bless us all. What, what is your expectation for this Knicks team, which, again, is, is another one that goes the other way? They're doing it with defense and toughness and great coaching and everything else, and they're going up against an offense-based team in Atlanta. What is your expectation for that first-round series? Yeah, look, it is a toss-up series, obviously, but I like the Knicks because I think ultimately some of the guys on the Hawks that you're going to be counting on are very, very young and very inexperienced. And they're going to, and look, the Knicks have some of those guys too, but the Knicks also have a legitimate star in Julius Randle who can beat you any way he has to in the course of a game. And that includes defensively. He can make plays. He can rebound the ball. He can score 30 if he needs to. He's a legitimate star now. Um, the question is going to be for the Knicks. I expect Derrick Rose to play great. I think he'll have a great series. He's, he's used to the stage. He's not going to run from the light. Let's see what R.J. Barrett brings in this kind of setting with expectations and, and can he be consistent and efficient as a secondary scoring option to Julius Randle? And then you're counting on guys like Quickly and Bullock. They've got to play well the way that they have. But I think Derrick Rose is an enormous X factor for the Knicks in that series. I think there's some guys in the Hawks that are going to feel the pressure of this, and, and it's going to be difficult for some of those young guys, I think, to play well. So that's, a, that, that's probably got six or seven written all over it, and there's going to be some close games. And ultimately, if they're close games, I'll put my money on the – Knicks defense to get them through that. Can I make one quick point before I go about sure. Steph Curry? Because I, I really wanted to make this point. Yeah, he, what he has done, Greeny, this season and even last night again, doing it. I got to thinking. You know, Steph Curry won two MVPs before Kevin Durant went to Golden State, and and his star was ascending uh, year by year, and he was still just entering his prime years. And then Durant went there, and they cannibalized each other in a lot of ways in terms of, of how they're viewed historically. You know, they cannibalized their chances to win any more MVPs, all of that stuff. <clears throat> Steph Curry at that time was not really being talked about as an all-time great, like top ten player, you know, second greatest point guard to Magic Johnson. For him to be able to do this again at this stage of his career, it basically what it's shown me is, can you imagine what the last five years or so would have looked like if Kevin Durant never went there, where Steph Curry would have cemented himself clearly as a top 10 player and, and in some people's minds, the greatest, second greatest point guard of all time. 
And I think this is allowing him now to climb those lists again, what he is doing this year, because I don't see him slowing down for the foreseeable future. He's going to string together some more seasons like this. And I think the appreciation level actually now is greater than it was when he was going back-to-back with his MVPs. And I just wanted to make that point about Curry. I think now, because of this year, he is now going to be on those lists of all-time greats that a lot of times he wasn't mentioned in before. But now he will be. It's not just about greatest shooter. It's about greatest, one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Boy, that I am so glad you just did that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stay with this a minute if I can. Legs with me on the Goodyear hotline helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. I'll get to the no-hitter stuff later, guys. But, but Legs, while I've got you, or, or while you're bringing that up, I love it. Let me follow up on it. If we're going to talk about this era, so, so the era in which Steph has played and in which he has been great, where, where does he fall just on, on the pecking order of, of the greatest players of this time? He, he's going to be behind LeBron on the all-time list. Where is he on the all-time list in relation to Kevin Durant, in relation to um, Kawhi Leonard? I'm trying to think who else in this era goes in that Discussion. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is, is he the second yeah, best I mean, player honestly, of his time? If you're talking about this yeah. era, the, uh, you would, you got the guys right. It's 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 LeBron, KD, Kawhi. I mean, some people might say with what James Harden has done for the last decade, James Harden probably in that discussion. But I'm saying, is there a single player outside of LeBron and KD that you would take and look at their career other than Steph Curry? I mean, just just look at the totality of what he has done. And here's the thing, Greeny. I was thinking about watching him this season and, and again, doing it last night. And I, I knew the Lakers were going to absolutely swarm him with the length. They hit him with a blitz on every ball screen, 40 feet from the basket. It took him a while to get going. I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, without Clay and without another Durant and and Wiggins is a really good player. He's not on that level. So, man, Steph's going to have a hard time tonight. And he ends up, you know, practically getting 40 points and keeping him in the game. And I'm saying, wait a second. If we're saying that this guy is the greatest collection of skill, of shoot, dribble, pass, this league has ever seen, and I firmly believe this is the greatest combination of those three skills in any one body that this league has ever seen, mm. how could Steph Curry not be considered an all-time great? particularly with what he has done once again as the alpha deeper into his career. Very few guys can have the run that Steph Curry had. Then dial it back a little bit to make room for Kevin Durant, go through injuries, and go right back, not only to where he was, Greeny, he just had the greatest offensive stretch of his career, and he was a unanimous MVP. Think about that. So for me, this year has been about the rise of Steph Curry on the all-time greats list because he was not really talked about in that way. He was always the shooter. We appreciated him. He was must-see TV, so entertaining. He wasn't talked about as one of the all-time great players, and for me, he absolutely has cemented his place now on those lists with what he has done this year. And, by the way, he's probably going to do for the next several years. That is just Excellent, Legs. Thank you. And I have to tell you, I absolutely agree on both sides of it. I agree that he wasn't thought of that way, and I agree that this puts him into that conversation. Awesome work today, my friend. Thank you so much, Legs. Thanks, Greeny. You got it. Tim Legler, Greeny with you, brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union, proud to serve members of the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. You know, the the best thing about hosting a talk show is when something like that happens. I had no intention of that being a topic today, but he's exactly right. 
And Hembo just typed some stuff up on my screen for me here. I'm going to live in this thought for a minute. We will get to all the the, uh, no-hitters, I promise. But I'm going to live in this thought for a minute. And I'm going to give you a trivia question going into a short break here. Because this is an outstanding one. Hembo just put this on my screen. Steph Curry led the league in scoring this year. And as a consequence, he joins a very short list of players to win multiple championships, multiple MVPs, and multiple scoring titles. In fact, there are only three other players besides Steph Curry to win more than one championship, more than one MVP, and more than one scoring title. How many of those three can you name? I'm back with the answer in just a moment. Greeny rolling along, and right now a word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call them at 1-800-GRANGER. Click on Granger.com or just stop by. Greeny, back in a moment on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you, and, and we're on ESPN Radio with you every day, and I don't know how often I mention, for those of you who are not aware, we also stream on ESPN Plus, so you can watch us every day at any time of day that you choose to. And if you are on ESPN Plus and you're a golf fan, I want to remind you that we've got live daily coverage of the PGA from Kiowa this weekend. It continues tomorrow through Sunday. You can stream the exclusive main feed every morning, featured groups every day, whole lot more. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com slash golf. If you are a golf nut as I am, then ESPN Plus is a must. Okay. So I gave you a minute to think about it. It probably is the list you would guess. But even so, the company that he keeps is remarkable. If you're just joining me here, Tim Legler just came on. And in what I intended to be the end of my conversation with him, he said, Greeny, can I make one more point? And I said, sure. And boy, am I glad I did that. He went on to make an outstanding point about this resurgence in the career of Steph Curry. The way Curry was sort of willing to sublimate his greatness to bring KD in when he did. And of course, it worked. They won two championships. But that maybe it altered the trajectory of Steph Curry's career and the perception of it. And that what this season has sort of done is vault him into a new place 
on the list of all-time great players, which is to say maybe we now have to start considering him on the list of all-time great players, which I will admit, a year ago today, I would not have done. I would have said, Steph, unbelievable career, transforms the game with his style, as beloved as any player I can ever think of, but not a top 10 or 15 player all time. No way. I wouldn't have even thought about it. I think you have to think about it now. And again, the answer to that trivia question, with Steph winning the scoring title this year, he is now on a list of only four players ever to win multiple championships, multiple MVPs, and multiple scoring titles. And the other three are Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Jordan. So when the list is Wilt, Kareem, Michael, and you, (laughs) that's pretty good. And that's where Steph finds himself. So it does bring up, now let me bring a little Nunes into this conversation. Nuno Teixeira, the producer of this program, I'm a vice president of NBA Insight. What did you think of what Legler just said? Which is to say, has your perception, whatever your perception a year ago today would have been, of Steph Curry as an all-time great, is it different than it was a year ago? I've, well, the first thing I thought is, thank you, Legler. This is going to make some noise, uh, you know, as a producer. Right. Uh, but the second <laughs> thing, yeah, I think it does. I think he did get lost in this shuffle where, you know, he kind of t- he took a back seat. And unlike Dwayne Wade when LeBron went there, Dwayne was past his prime. Whereas Steph took that backseat to Kevin Durant, we've kind of lost, you know, we talk about Chris Paul and Harden and kind of being like, yeah, it's just Steph. He does these cute things on the floor. And now you realize he's surrounded by not a very good team, and yet he's doing these things. So historically speaking, right now, because let's just do his era. In this era of basketball, LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. I think we all agree with that. I don't, I don't mean ever. I mean in, from this era. LeBron James is number one as a historical great. And do we all agree KD is two? And I'll just say this, forever hold your peace kind of thing. Like, does anyone disagree? Nuno, Bubba, Hembo, anybody. Does anyone disagree that, that KD remains two? No. All right, everyone's good with That's that? That's right. Is Steph three or is Kawhi three? Who's three? Kawhi is three. Kawhi mm-hmm. is three for me. I mean, he, he was the best player on two, t- two different teams that extinguished two different three-peats. And I'm going to give him credit for that, despite the fact that he has no regular season MVPs as Steph has, too. Yeah, because he doesn't play in the regular season, <laughs> which I will hold against him, okay. although, I mean, only so much. And, and, but, but the biggest difference is that Kawhi is an all-defense yeah. player, and Steph Curry is not. What, historically speaking, on the list of all-time mm. greats, Nuno, who goes ahead of who, Kawhi or Steph? I think Kawhi goes ahead of him just because of what he did in Toronto. That elevates mm. him. Pubs? I'm going to go Steph. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think it's kind of hard to say. Like, Kawhi has those two enormous – look, I mean, he won a championship on a San Antonio team that he became – he was the MVP of that series. Mm-hmm. We didn't go into that series thinking at that point it was Kawhi's team. That no. was still Duncan's team. Mm-hmm. Kawhi emerged. He guarded LeBron. He was unbelievable. I'm, not, I'm taking nothing away from Kawhi. He's an unbelievable player. He had the one incredible run in Toronto. But outside of that, it has not been a consistent level of greatness that you've seen from Steph. I mean, Legler makes a really interesting point. 
which is Steph's willingness. I mean, Steph was was a big part of recruiting KD and the Hamptons and everything else to coming to Golden State, which on some level is a very unselfish act because that was Steph's team. And it had won a championship and then won 73 games and lost a heartbreaker in game seven from winning another. And they were one Draymond Green, you know, kicking the ding-ding away from being back-to-back champions and all the rest of that. And, 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 and so it would be a totally different conversation. Then maybe the more interesting one is now where does Steph go all time? Like if you're thinking of point guards, this is just a fun game to play. John Stockton or Steph? John Stockton or Steph? Yeah, Brandon is yelling. I Steph. say Steph. I say Steph. By the time it's all said and done, I think, he, I think it'll be Steph over Stockton. Stockton. Is Maybe the even now. Yeah. Maybe even now. Not not Magic, right? Magic is still ahead of Steph. Magic is still ahead right? of Steph. Right? Magic ahead of Steph. I mean, I, th- th- this is the company that he's keeping. Isaiah. See, you know how much I think. You know how much I think of Isaiah Thomas as a player. But I, I'm going to have a hard time arguing Isaiah over Steph. I mean, Legler really made some interesting points. Nuno, are you old enough to have seen Isaiah in his prime? I'm, I'm trying to do math in my head here. How? how am, you didn't see Isaiah in his I'm prime. I'm 44, so Isaiah's prime was... Isaiah's prime was the 80s. Yeah, so, yeah. Not the 90s. Isaiah's prime was the 80s. Isaiah went all those teams, late 80s, knocking on the door of the Celtics, that series against the Knicks in 84, and, and then winning the back-to-back championships... Isaiah versus Steph. Steph versus Iverson. Steph or Iverson? Steph. So at literally in the same second, Nuno said Steph and Brandon said Iverson. Brandon's our <laughs> stage manager in here. Brandon, we may have to discount his position because he told us earlier this week that he was conceived to the song Killing Me Softly. And the mere fact that he knows that <laughs> discounts him from any further conversation. We continue in just a moment. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.